0: Hey, good morning, everybody. It's great to have all of you with us today. I want to welcome all of you here, whether you're in person or you're watching online. Uh, I also want to welcome David Schneller. This is his first week leading as our interim worship minister. Now, David and his wife, stacy they've been attending here for a while now. Uh, but this is a new role for him, and I appreciate him stepping into that. And it's cool to see Stacy up here, too. She was on percussion this morning. So we want them to be welcome here. And if you happen to be visiting this morning, you picked a great week to join us. I've been praying about this day for quite a while now. We're in the third week of our series called Life on Mission. And in this this series, we've been leading up to a moment where you would have an opportunity to accept something called a kingdom challenge. And I'll talk more about those kingdom challenges in a few minutes, but for now, I want to start with a question. A couple weeks ago, I was mowing the yard, and while I was mowing, this question popped into my head, and I've been thinking about it ever since. And now, I want to ask you the question. Here it is. How long has it been since you took a bold step of faith? You know what I'm talking about, right? This is a time when you felt led to do something that was difficult or intimidating or scary. And you didn't know how it was going to turn out. But you had this bold conviction that it was the right thing to do. And because of your conviction, you took the leap. So, how long has it been since you did something like that? A few days? A few months? A few years? I've been asking myself that question because I never want to let too much time go by without taking a bold step of faith. I want to do that on a regular basis. And this is why. Hebrews eleven six. 6. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. When we look at this verse and when we look across the Scripture, it's very clear that faith is a big deal to God. When God relates to people, when he looks at you, when he looks at me, what he really wants to see is faith. So what do we mean by this word faith? Well, if you've been around Plum Creek for a while, you've probably heard me say this many times, but there's a simple definition that I love. Faith is belief plus trust. If you believe but you don't have trust, then you don't have faith, at least not yet. Here's the thing about trust. It's an essential part of the equation, and you can't fake it. When you put your trust in something or someone, other people will see it in your actions. Kind of reminds me of the one and only time I jumped out of an airplane. Uh, This happened uh, over 15 years ago now. And I have a video of this event. I actually shared it here a long time ago, but it's a very good illustration, so I'm bringing it back. Uh, Let's watch this video together. Hi Doug, you ready (laughs) to I think so. Yeah, you think so? Got a few <laughs> butterflies to be honest with you. Oh, you seem pretty calm. I don't um, know. On the outside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah okay so that means you liked it oh it's great yeah Yeah. (laughs) all right so how many of you have done that jumped out of a plane not not very many if you're in the military maybe you've done it a lot and it's not a big deal for you but this was one of the most exhilarating things i've ever done it was also one of the scariest i don't think i will do it again I mean, I was strapped to this guy. He was a complete stranger. And then as we sat there at the open door of the plane, he said, okay, we're going to go on three. One, two. (laughs) The dirty cheater went on two. (laughs) And after the fact, they told me this is their normal procedure because a lot of times people are so scared, they they fight back when, when they get to number three. They just don't want to jump. So they go on too. And, and I can understand that. I mean, it's, it's easy to freak out in that moment. But you see why this is a great illustration of faith? Faith is belief plus trust. So think about it. I, I can believe that a plane is able to fly. I can believe that from the ground. However, it's not faith until I step inside the plane. And in the same way, I can believe that a parachute will open up and and save me from plunging to my death. However, it's not faith until I put my trust in the parachute and take that leap. So uh, now that we understand what we mean by this word faith, I want to go back to that same question. How long has it been since you took a bold step of faith? And this question is not about some generic kind of faith. I'm talking specifically about faith in God. This is a step where you say, God, (laughs) I believe that you're leading me to do this thing, and I'm very intimidated, but I trust you. So I'm going to take the leap. So how long has it been since you had a moment like that with God? Whatever your answer may be, we need to be clear about this. Without faith... It is impossible to please God. And uh, real faith, it, it requires bold steps. These steps will often be intimidating and scary. But I can also tell you this, on the other side of that leap, there will be blessings that you cannot find any other way. Living by faith opens the door for God's power to show up in your life. That's why we're going through this series called Life on Mission. We were created by God for God. And God calls us to live by faith. He calls us to fulfill the, the purpose and the mission that he's given us. So what is our purpose? What is our mission? Well, we've been talking about that the last couple of weeks. Uh, in the, at the end of the day, it comes down to the great commandments and the great commission. We're called to love God, love people. And lead others to Jesus. Man, if we could just accomplish these three goals, we'd be right where God wants us to be. This is what it means to live on mission. But of course, we can't do this alone. We, we need God's help. We need the power of His Spirit. And we also need each other we need to come together as a church. We need to come together in our families and help each other do what Jesus told us to do in Matthew 6, 33. That's where Jesus said, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. In other words, just make God your top priority and he'll take care of the rest. And that was our big takeaway last week. Don't get pulled off course in your home seek god's kingdom above all else of course uh, in order to follow those instructions we need to understand the meaning of this phrase kingdom of god and if you've been at plum creek the past few months you've heard this phrase a lot because we've set aside 2022 as the year of the kingdom and unfortunately there is a lot of confusion about the kingdom of God, so we've been using a simple definition. And again, if you've been here, you've heard this definition a lot. So let let me give you uh, the definition with some blanks and see if you can fill in the blanks. Help me out here. The kingdom of God is any place where God's rule and God's reign have truly begun. That's a a good definition. it's, It's basic, but it's good. However, there's still room for confusion here. So where is that? Where is God's kingdom? Is it heaven? Well, yes, of course. uh, God rules and reigns in heaven. But at certain times and in certain places, the kingdom of God shows up here in this world. Where where do we see that? Well, in Scripture, we see that happened with Jesus. When Jesus walked the earth, the kingdom had come near. Why? Why? Because Jesus, the king, was here. And then today, in our time, the kingdom shows up in every follower of Jesus, shows up in the church. And why is that? Well, if you've given your life to Jesus, and if you have put your faith in him, then God is ruling and reigning in your life. But as we we look around, we see that God's kingdom has not spread all over this world. This world is still a mess We live in a fallen world that has largely rejected God as king. And that's why we keep praying this prayer that Jesus told us to pray. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray these words because we want up there to come down here. Now, of course, God is the one who makes that happen. But he wants to use us in the process. He he gives us a role to play. He wants to partner with us to help his kingdom grow and advance. That's actually where this whole theme came from. About a year ago, we, we started asking a question here at Plum Creek. We asked, if we were totally open to God's leading, how much good could we do for his kingdom over the coming year? And it's been so much fun to pray over that question. God has led us to lots of different opportunities where we could make a difference for His kingdom. And we've, we've seen, uh, we, as we take on kingdom challenges as a church, God does uh, very cool things. He, he uses us in, in an amazing way. But today, it's time to make this personal. In your life, in your home, in your family, If you were totally open to God's leading, how much good would he do for his kingdom through you? We could also put it another way. How long has it been since you took a bold step of faith? Because here's the thing, when we're totally open to God's leading, we don't just sit back and do what's easy or comfortable. We follow wherever God leads, even when it's intimidating, even if it requires sacrifice, even when it requires bold faith. So I've been looking back over the past nine months for myself, and I've been asking, what have I done that was actually bold? Well, uh, on the positive side, I've participated in every kingdom challenge that we've had as a church uh, back in January, our family gave to the beans and rice offering, and, and that was great, but you know what? That didn't require a lot of faith. It, it wasn't much of a sacrifice. I also participated in our week of serving, but that didn't require much faith either. And then I also invited people to worship at the park or the Man Up event, but I can't really say those were bold steps. Now, prayer is a different story. Prayer and faith go hand in hand. And our family has taken our monthly kingdom prayer calendar, and we use that every night as a guide to focus our prayers. And it's been great to see God answer some of those prayers. For example, we've been praying for specific people who need to begin a relationship with Jesus or grow in their relationship with Jesus. And we were so excited because our son Luke has a friend that we've been praying for and this friend came to camp this summer down at camp northward and while he was at camp he made the decision to be baptized into Christ and I was actually able to baptize him right over there it was a great answer to prayer and and when we pray with faith God works and he also builds our faith however I can't say that praying for for me this year, I can't say it's been intimidating or uncomfortable. So when it comes down to it, I know that I need to grow in my faith. I need to take these bold steps that are evidence that I do have a, a faith in God. And I'm confident that many of you are in the same place. So today, I want to look at a person in the Bible who can encourage encourage us to take these kinds of bold steps. I want to look at the Apostle Peter in Matthew chapter 14. Uh, This is the famous story where Peter walks on water. And this story takes place right after Jesus fed 5,000 people with five loaves of bread and two fish. And for Jesus, these past few days have been very intense. So he takes some time to get away by himself, to get away, spend time with his father, and and to pray. He goes up into the hills around the Sea of Galilee, and before he goes, he he says to his disciples, hey, you guys cross over in the boat, and I'll meet you on the other side. So we'll pick up the story in Matthew 14, verse 25. It says, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. So here's the situation. we got a boat full of men who are sleep-deprived and exhausted. And by this point in their lives, they've seen Jesus do some amazing and miraculous things, but they've never seen anything like this. Here they are. It's somewhere between 3 and 6 a.m. It's a, a dark and windy night. It's, they're in the middle of the lake, and all of a sudden they see Jesus walking on the water in their direction. We can't blame them for being confused and terrified. You and I would have been too. But in verse 27, Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. And then Peter replied, Lord, if it is you, tell me to come to you on the water. And then Jesus said, come. So there it is. It's decision time for Peter. Now he feels led to step out of the boat, onto the lake. But will he do it? It won't be easy. In order to step out of the boat... And onto the water, he's got to choose faith over fear. He's got to leave the safety and the security of the boat. And and did you notice? This wasn't just Peter's crazy idea. Jesus commanded him to do this. He said, come. So what's Peter going to do? Let's see, verse 29. Then Peter got down out of the boat. Walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. Now, obviously, peter's faith wasn't perfect and i actually appreciate that i find it comforting because my faith is not perfect either at the same time though we do see something that i mentioned a minute ago on the other side of that leap of faith there are blessings that you will never find any other way so what kind of blessings did peter see well blessing number one when peter stepped out of the boat he and the other disciples got confirmation that Jesus is who he says he is. They said, truly, you are the Son of God. Blessing number two, Peter learned more about his desperate need for Jesus. Like, okay, wow, when I'm with Jesus, I can walk on water, but without him, I sink. Blessing number three, Peter got to see how much Jesus loved and cared for him when he reached down and he saved Peter from sinking. So, all these blessings and others, too, why did Peter see those blessings? Because he stepped out of the boat. And yes, Peter did have that moment of fear and doubt, and that's one of the things I love about this story, because You and I may have those moments where we take those bold steps, but we also have those moments when we freak out and we run back to our comfort zone. And this is what's so good about Jesus. Jesus sacrificed his life on the cross, and he took our sin on his shoulders, and because of that, we don't earn God's approval based on our performance. We don't earn God's approval based on perfect faith. We're not going to have perfect faith in every situation. We don't get it right every time. But God will save us and accept us because of what Jesus has done. We're saved by grace through faith in Jesus, Ephesians 2.8. So a life of faith, it's not defined by a perfect performance. It's defined by going back to Jesus again and again and saying, Jesus, I believe you and I also trust you. That's what God wants to see in us, faith. And I guarantee you, if you're listening to me right now, there is a specific step of faith that God wants you to take. And whatever whatever it is, this step is going to be uncomfortable for you in some way. But listen, you will find blessings on the other side that you will never find if you just play it safe. So that's what this sermon is about. We need to live on mission. We, we, we need to take bold steps of faith wherever God leads us. So in just a few minutes, I'm going to invite you to accept a challenge. And I can't apologize for challenging you because a faithful church is willing to do hard things for God. We see that in the New Testament. In the early days of the church, they, they didn't have a, a consumer approach to Christianity, you don't see those early Christians saying, okay, we'll, we'll shop around and find a church that has everything we want, and then we'll show up now and then when, when it, it's convenient for us, but we're not going to get too connected. We'll kind of come and go as we please. Ah, that, that's not what you see in the New Testament. Those early Christians were all in. They made it a priority to meet together, and they gave of their time and talent and treasure. They were willing to be persecuted whenever necessary. That's the pattern we see in the New Testament. The the low-commitment consumer Christianity, that's a fairly recent thing, and it's weak. So if you are trying to find a church to connect with, man, don't let that be a random decision. Make sure you find a church that teaches God's truth and follows God's leading. And I truly believe that Plum Creek desires to do just that. Our heart's desire is to love God and love people and lead others to Jesus. That's our mission as a church. That mission started with Jesus, and He wants to partner with us to finish the task. There's a great passage over in Matthew chapter 9. And it encapsulates everything that we're talking about today. It's a, it's a powerful picture of Jesus, but it's also a picture of the life that Jesus calls us to live. So Matthew nine thirty five it says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. There, there's so much that I love here. I love that Jesus brings the kingdom of God wherever he goes. We, we can see it. Wherever God rules, wherever God reigns, Everything that's wrong goes away. So here, sickness, disease, death, it all goes away, which is great. Also, I love the fact that Jesus looked at these crowds and he had compassion on them. Whenever I read this passage, it just strikes me that there would have been people in the crowd who were not very lovable. Some of them would have been annoying. Some of them would have done some terrible things. But Jesus loved them all. He knew they were all broken people who needed a restored relationship with God. I also love what Jesus says to the disciples. He he says to them, pray. Pray that the Lord of the harvest will send out workers into his harvest field. And, And this is so cool. Jesus tells the disciples to pray for more kingdom workers. But who is it that will be the answer to those prayers? It's going to be the disciples themselves. They become the workers. And the reality is, God wants to see that pattern continue today. We pray, Your kingdom come, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And God wants to use us to help His kingdom come. But if we're going to be a part of that mission, we have to take bold steps of faith. So let's, let's get to these kingdom challenges. You've seen these displays on either side of the stage here. And uh, it, it, there is like a curtain of envelopes, and inside each of those envelopes there is a challenge. And I'm going to give you some instructions here, but first uh, I, I want to say a couple things up front. A kingdom challenge, it's specifically for someone who has made the decision to follow Jesus. And if you haven't yet taken that step, that's where you start. And some of you know that it's time to surrender your life to Jesus. You you realize it's time to make Jesus your king and, and put your faith in him. Maybe you're ready to follow his instructions to be baptized to be buried in the water, die to the old life, and then rise up to live a new life in Christ. If that's where you are this morning, you can cross that line. You can take that bold step today. And I'll give you a a simple way to do that. If you picked up a bulletin on your way in, there's a a tear-off sheet here that says Guest Connection at the top. And there are a few boxes you can check here. One says, I'm interested in following Jesus and being baptized. So you could take that little tear-off sheet, bring it to the Connection Cafe in the back of the room, bring it to me down at the front of the stage here. You could even drop it in the black box by the doors on your way out. If you're watching online, you can go to plumcreek.org connect. Get in touch with us there. We'll, we'll follow up with you. But if you know that Jesus is calling you today, don't hesitate. Following him is the best decision you could ever make. Okay, now I wanna explain these kingdom challenges. We can break this down into three parts. Part one, pray. Part two, choose an envelope. And Part three, take a bold step. Now we're gonna pray here in a minute, but I'm I'm sure you wanna know more about these envelopes. If if I were you, I would want to know more. I'd be thinking, I have no idea what's in those envelopes. What am I getting into? Well, a few months ago, our staff prayed that God would lead us to some specific steps that would help build his kingdom. We were looking for things that a whole family could do together, whether you're a family of one or a family of 12 or or whatever number. So we came up with lots of different challenges. Some of them focus on our local community here in northern Kentucky. Some of them have a global focus, and you can see on the display that the local challenges are on your left, the global challenges are on your right, and you can choose either one of those. Now, I won't read through all the challenges. That that would take a while, but I will give you a basic idea. First, I'll tell you what you won't find. If you take one of the global challenges, it won't tell you that you need to move to another country. It won't tell you that you need to go on a short-term mission trip. If you take a a local challenge, it it won't tell you to to go down to downtown Cincinnati and preach to people from the sidewalk. Uh, Some of these steps will be challenging for you, but they'll all be very doable. In fact, you may end up with one that doesn't seem difficult at all. It kind of depends on the person. So I can give you a couple of examples. Here's one of the global challenges. Some of you know that Plum Creek partners with an organization called WISH, and WISH stands for Welcoming International Students Home. And WISH works with international students, mostly from Northern Kentucky University, and they connect these students with people in the local community who just show hospitality. So the challenge here is to host at least one international student for lunch or dinner. And if at all possible, you want to invite this student into your home because 80% of international students in the U.S. never see an American home. And you think about this. You know, there are plenty of times that we go to another country on a mission trip, but in this case, people are coming from all over the world right here. Such a great opportunity to show the love of Jesus. So if you accept this challenge, we'll match you up with a student and and from there just be friendly, show the kind of love and compassion that Jesus showed to others and, and then see what God does with that. Now, I want to make it clear that none of these challenges involve giving money to the church. There's a time and a place to stretch our faith by giving more generously, but that's not what this is about. In fact, only one challenge has anything to do with money at all, and I'll read that one for you. It's one of our local challenges. It says, your challenge has two steps. First, as a family, find some things you can sell to make money. Try to raise at least $200. If you have children at home, involve them in the process. And after reaching what you believe is a good amount of money, go to a sit-down restaurant and get to know your server." some point in the conversation ask how can I pray for you as you leave the restaurant leave your server an extravagant tip in the amount of the money that you raised I don't know about you but I I love thinking about what God might do with this challenge because I've seen this a few years ago I had lunch with a man named Jay Henry and Jay Henry works with a ministry called Bethlehem Living Water which is one of our mission partners But while I was at lunch, this was Bob Evans, Jay started talking to our server, got got to know her. And and then at some point he asked, hey, is is there anything we can pray about for you? Anything going on in your life? And man, this, this girl opened up then and there. She started sharing struggles that she had in her life. And we prayed for her right at the table. It was a powerful moment. And God will use moments like that to make a huge difference if we're willing to follow where he leads. So imagine it for just a second. Imagine families across our church saying, Jesus, I believe in you. I trust in you. I'm going to follow wherever you lead me. How much good could we do for God's kingdom if we're willing to take bold steps of faith? And that's part three. Take a bold step. First, we're going to pray. And second, you, you can come down and choose an envelope. Take it off the clothes, pens there. And you only need one per family, not, not one per individual. And then third, take that bold step. Now, I want to make it clear that choosing an envelope is not the same thing as accepting the challenge. You don't accept the challenge till after you see what's in the envelope. And here's how that works. You're going to open that envelope. You can do that here at church or wait until you get home and open it together as a family. Then you'll read over the challenge. And then you'll decide, am I going to say yes? Take this step. And if your answer is yes, we just need you to let us know. And you can do that by going to plumcreek.org kingdomchallenge or just scan the QR code on the envelope if you don't want to go the digital route, just call us or email us in the office and we'll get you signed up. If you're watching online and you're not here to get an envelope, you can go to that same page on the website, plumcreek.org slash kingdomchallenge, and you can sign up there. Now, once you've accepted the challenge, we'll, we'll send you some more information. And from there, the ball's in your court. You've got 60 days to complete the challenge. So one more time. How long has it been since you took a bold step of faith? We don't want to take this lightly, so we're going to begin with prayer. I'm going to start, and then I'll guide you through some specific things to pray about. Let's pray. Father, I I know that you look at us, and, and you want to see faith. You want us to believe you good. Your love is great. So Lord, give us that faith. Help us to trust in you. And Lord, right now, I I just pray that each one of us here in this room will go to you just honestly from the heart, and that we'll be open to you. So right now, everyone, first, I, I want you to take a few seconds And pray that God would lead you to the challenge that he would have you take, whether it's local or global. uh, Pray that he would lead you to the specific envelope that would be the perfect fit for you. Go ahead, take a few moments to pray about that. pray together. Pray that God would give us boldness, that we won't settle for what's easy or comfortable, that that we'll do intimidating things as the power of God's Spirit works in us and through us. Go ahead and pray for that boldness. Finally, take a moment to pray that God will use you, that he will use your family, and that he will use our church to build his kingdom for his glory. Let's pray for that. Amen. It's a privilege to be a part of what you're doing in the world. It's a privilege to to follow you, Lord. You, we're so small and insignificant, but you see us, you love us, you want to use us. So Lord, help us to step into this privilege. Help us to take bold steps of faith. In Jesus' name, Amen.